Hi everyone, you're listening to Guts and Girl Bits. I'm Alison Mitchell, a practicing naturopath, and I hope to share with you all sorts of information about women's health and digestive health to educate and empower you to make informed choices about your own health. Please remember that all information is general and does not replace consulting with a healthcare practitioner. It's the end of March, and March is Endometriosis Awareness Month. So I wanted to share a little video that I recorded a couple of years ago for Women's Health Week as my latest podcast because in that video I share all sorts of information about endometriosis and about how to get to some of the underlying drivers that causes it. So I hope that that's helpful for you. There has been more research coming out since then as well but most of the new stuff that I shared in that one is still relevant. So if you want to hear more information, then please subscribe to me on Guts and Girl Bits and stay tuned as well for all my e-courses that are coming out all about how to understand yourself by understanding your cycles and understanding your hormonal balance in more depth, which you can find over at my Teachable account, which is gutsandgirlbits.teachable.com. Hey everyone. I'm on to talk about endometriosis today. This is the last day of Women's Health Week, so I wanted to finish it off by talking about a condition that I really love treating, and that's that's endometriosis. So if anyone doesn't know what endometriosis is, basically it's a painful condition that affects women, and it affects almost one in seven women, uh, approximately, and it can cause a, quite a lot of issues so what's what seems to be happening is that we women get these endometrial cysts also known as endometriomas or chocolate cysts which are basically the the content of the lining of the uterus being where it shouldn't be so when we normally have our period what should be happening is that the lining should just you know break down and um, dissolve and, and come out as normal menstrual blood but sometimes what's happening is that this isn't staying in the uterus this is actually forming little adhesions or, or cysts elsewhere in the body such as around the lining around the outside of the uterus or in the fallopian tubes or on um, stuck to the ovaries and it can also happen in the peritoneal cavity where it's actually attaching to the intestines, the bowel and those sorts of things. So back, back when I was a student naturopath, we were taught that endometriosis is a condition caused by a hormonal imbalance. But with recent research, what we've come to understand is that endometriosis is actually an immune condition or an inflammatory condition. So it does have a hormonal component. There is certainly a hormonal driver behind endometriosis, and that is estrogen. But the immune system is actually the biggest player when it comes to endometriosis. And so there are a lot of different factors that actually feed into why the immune system is disrupted in the first place. But what, we, what we're finding is that inflammation, in particular coming from histamine imbalance and coming from genetic imbalances and gut health, they're some of the biggest issues that seem to be driving our immune, our immune dysfunction. 
So there's currently not really a great testing option available for endometriosis. It's unfortunately something that can only be definitively diagnosed with a laparoscopy, which is a type of keyhole surgery where there will be some small incisions made in the abdomen and then they go in with a, a, a little camera. And so if they can see the presence of these chocolate cysts, then that's confirmative of endometriosis. Uh, but the laparoscopy at the same time can be used as a treatment. But that's not, that's not always the best option for every woman because for some women who are particularly inflamed or have a, a strong immune activation, then the actual incision or the actual surgery itself can actually worsen um, endometriosis. They, they will find that they might actually get some further adhesions developing where those uh, original cysts were removed. This seems to be more of an issue when the endometriosis, uh, when the laparoscopy is performed with the laser, where it's actually burnt off rather than incised, and that's that's something that again has only really been discovered recently. But it seems to be that you know, while it, it's a, it's a good thing for some women, um, but not for every woman. And again, it goes to show that endometriosis is a really really complex condition, and so because of that complexity everyone needs to be treated a little bit differently and we need to try and figure out the cause of what's going on for those women. So there's a few you know, possible causes as to why women can have that particular immune imbalance and one of those things is a gut imbalance so an, or an infection. So if you've got an infection then your immune system is going to be disrupted and then if you've got that genetic tendency for endometriosis to go wrong then that's where it's going to go out of whack for you. Um, so there's some, some naturopaths in the field at the moment that are doing research in this and they're finding that there's actually a whole different microbiome, which is your bacteria balance, within the peritoneal cavity, which is basically the fluid that our organs swim in, and also within the v vagina itself, within our reproductive organs. And so if they are out of balance, if that m microbiome in that area is out of balance, then our immune system is going to be unhappy. and Correcting that can be helpful. Dealing with infections can also be re really helpful to, under, to address that underlying imbalance. Now, the other thing that can sometimes happen is because um, what we know that it's an inflammatory condition and there's an immune imbalance going on, but there's certain genetics that are involved in that issue. And I find that the MTHFR gene, which is uh, a pretty common gene to have and it doesn't having the gene doesn't always mean that there's an issue but it's if that gene is not acting properly then it affects the enzyme that deals with a lot of different processes in the body um, but in regards to endometriosis in particular it affects our uh, our main antioxidant recycler glutathione recycling of glutathione now, if we don't have enough antioxidants in endometriosis, then we can't really mop up all that immune damage that's going on. So it makes the inflammation worse, and so then as a result that makes pain worse, and that can also you know, make all those other sorts of reactions worse as well. Um, one of the things that we also find going on is that um, MTHFR gene affects the detoxification of certain hormones throughout the liver. And if we're not detoxifying our hormones effectively, then we get that recycling and that uptake of those hormones through through the system. And so then we lead to having too much of certain hormones where they shouldn't be. In the case of endometriosis, what we used to think, as, as I said before, was that it was an excessive condition. Uh, but 
in this case it seems to be that it's a displacement of estrogen so there's too much estrogen being um, activated in the area of the endometrial tissue lining going on and that's causing a reaction with some of our other immune chemicals so one of these immune chemicals is histamine so histamine can um, you probably know about histamine as an allergic sort of issue like you know hay fever and sneezes and rashes and and all of those well when our mast cells the um, immune cell that causes the histamine to be in excess is actually in reaction to the estrogen then that causes more of that inflammatory reaction and so then you know you get the pain and the redness and and those painful reactions that's so common with endometriosis and as a result of the inflammation that takes place then when there is that um, immune immune activation in that area that's why we're more you're more likely to actually get adhesions forming and so this can be a really big problem for women with endometriosis is that the adhesions can cause a lot of damage they can stick from they can stick your organs together you can stick get the uterus can be stuck to the bowel or bits of the bowel can be stuck together um, it can you can have the bladder being involved as well and all of that can cause quite a lot of pain uh, and it can also affect fertility quite significantly as well. Now, and uh, adhesions do seem to have a bit of a problem and that they can only really be resolved with surgery. So as we were talking about before, that surgery is an, certainly a good option for some women, but it's not, not the first line option for every woman. It's actually better if you can try and get on top of endometriosis in the early days. But the thing with endometriosis is that it's actually a condition that a lot of people are getting dismissed and missed about, if that makes sense. What I mean is that women are going to, and young girls are going to their doctors and they're complaining of pelvic pain, period pain, and they're basically getting dismissed. And it seems to be about 70% of young women with endometriosis are getting dismissed. And that's a huge number, 70%. So if we can get on top of this condition in the early days before adhesions form, then things are going to actually work out a lot better for these women. What we need to do is we need to have the funding into a better research system, but we also need to have more awareness. And women need to be more empowered and educated so that they can make, make, these, make these choices, make, ask the right questions. So I think the fact that the main testing method is a form of surgery is probably pretty off-putting but we can do a lot in terms of natural treatment and dietary techniques to actually take this under control one of the things we need to do is to get our gut flora un under balance under control and we also need to um, look at reducing our inflammation levels through our diet for a lot of women with endometriosis one of the main inflammatory things that's going on is that they're intolerant to certain foods and the key food that I find a lot of women are reacting to is is actually dairy or cow's protein in particular and this can be you know pretty hard to give up for a lot of women but getting that out of the system can make a big a big um, difference now <clears throat> We also need to look at supporting that MTHFR gene, which is the one that I was talking about before. So the MTHFR gene, basically it works on a particular enzyme, which is, oh, I can never remember the name of it, let me find it. <laughs> Folate. 
and basically that works on the conversion of our um, fol folate into its activated form in the body. Now it's more than just taking folic acid. In fact, if you've got issues with this gene, you probably shouldn't be taking folic acid. You should be taking different B vitamins or activated B vitamins. And so this is where it gets pretty complicated because depending on what you've got going on with this whole methylation pathway, taking a methylated B vitamin can actually make you feel a lot worse because you can be methylating too fast or too slowly. And so if you're methylating too slowly and you take methyls, then that's going to make you feel like hell. So we don't want to do that. So that's where, you know, seeing a practitioner can come in really handy. But if you can get your methylation under control, that does a few things. It brings histamine into balance. It improves your detoxification of your hormones through the liver. And it can dampen that immune dysregulation and therefore infl inflammation that's going on. So those are some really key things that's going on. And one of the other things is that it really, really, really helps with your glutathione recycling, which is what you need to mop up all that damage that's taking place. Now, there are a lot of other things that we want to work on with endometriosis. And as we've said a few times, get that inflammation level under control. So one of my favorite things to do is is turmeric. Now turmeric does have a little bit of a, um, a blood thinning property so depending on what your um, your bleeding is like, if you tend to be quite a heavy bleeder it might not necessarily be the thing. There's a, something called a VAGF which is basically your um, some women have a higher level of capillary um, growth to these endometrial lining and so it doesn't happen with everyone but actually getting um, improved mop-up of that area can be quite helpful with certain uh, again immune herbs and things like that as well. We also want to again work on those antioxidant levels so working on methylation is helpful but herbs and nutrients that will actually help with your antioxidant levels can be helpful too. One of those is N-acetylcysteine or you're potentially taking glutathione itself but N-acetylcysteine is a lot cheaper um, and it also it can be converted into the body in the body to glutathione so that's something that can be quite helpful for people as I was talking about before in terms of diet you want to reduce the foods in your diet that you might potentially be intolerant to that could potentially cause some inflammatory reaction for you so those, those are some things that you want to do and you also want to work on well while it's not a hormonally caused condition it is hormonally um, affected. So if we can work on getting estrogen detoxification under control then that's going to help with the estrogen displacement that's going on. Some people might know that sort of concept as uh, estrogen dominance. Um, what's really happening though is that there's too much estrogen in the wrong place. Not that there's necessarily a lot of estrogen everywhere going on because for women with, with this sort of condition, they might actually experience some symptoms of estrogen deficiency, like you know brain fog or um, hair loss and, and skin dryness and thinning and that sort of thing. But then in other instances, they're going to be experiencing symptoms of estrogen excess, such as their, their period abnormalities uh, and or PMS symptoms and those sorts of things. So again, it comes down to the individual. So that's where you know seeing a practitioner can actually be really helpful to get that under control. So I think I've kind of um, rambled a little bit there, but that seems to happen when there's topics that I'm quite passionate about. I guess um, one of the 
take home points that I really want to say with endometriosis is that we know a lot more about it now. Uh, we know more about the immune involvement, about the inflammatory involvement. And so because of that, we can actually do so much more for it. We can actually get really better treatment happening. And so if you know, if you if you were seeing a naturopath for endometriosis five or ten years ago, you'd get completely different treatment most of the time now. So I would say, you know, if you want to get some treatment, ask your naturopath what they think is the main cause of it, what they would do to, to treat it, and if they're talking about some of this new research that's going on, then give it another try. Because I, I have a lot of patients with endometriosis nowadays that I get real good success with and we follow these these routes of look, look at the infections that might be driving immune imbalance and support methylation, support the detoxification of the estrogen, but as less of a priority, you've got to get all those other factors under control, get that inflammation down. Once that's improved, things start to get better for them much quicker than it used to um, back when I first started treating, when where it would take, you know, a good half a year, 12 months maybe, to get things much better under control, uh, whereas now it's, it's, you know, half a year mostly. Um, it does always depend on the person, it always depends on the severity of the condition as well. You know, for some women, their endometriosis is so severe that, you know, surgery is one, is really, really required and sometimes even going on something, taking something like the marina or getting the marina in is important because that actually helps to improve local progesterone in the uterus and so that can help to um, improve that imbalance. And so if you've got less of that estrogen activity taking place, then you're going to have less of that histamine reaction, less of that immune reaction going on. So, um, you know, one of the first things I would say is get your gut, the microbiome in the gut and also in the vagina under control. There's uh, Blackmore's Women's Biobalance is a product that I do recommend um, as a retail option. There's also practitioner ones that I use, um, Femex. Um, have you know a really fresh diet full of antioxidant rich foods lots and lots of veggies eat your rainbow every day those things are really really important and you also really want to get your stress under control because I mean as you know stress has a big role on a lot of different things so we've got this thing called the the HPA axis, HPO axis, HPT axis, where all of our hormones are talking to each other all of the time. And if there's some other things going out of balance, for instance, our HPA axis, which is where our adrenal glands are out of balance, that's going to throw out our HPO axis, which is where we're talking to our reproductive hormones. So we, we want these to be under control and calm. So doing some mindfulness and some meditation, taking stress herbs, taking all your nutrients, those are really important too. In, in regards to nutrients, I mentioned N-acetylcysteine. I think that can be really helpful. Uh, but I also do think that you need to get your core reproductive nutrients under control. So that's firstly, um, get your zinc and copper ratio right because excess copper can affect your estrogen levels. I also think that you need to get... Um, adequate magnesium for your stress levels, also um, to reduce any sort of uh, smooth tissue cramping. And calcium is important too, you need to have that right ratio going on. 
and iron is is really important so you don't want to have too much iron because iron in excess can cause oxidative stress which can be inflammatory but if you're in, if you've got insufficient levels of iron then you're going to be more likely to bleed more and that's going to you know be a big factor for a lot of women a lot of women with endometriosis have really really heavy bleeds so we don't want that um, that with iron that's one of the things that I always recommend getting your iron levels tested before starting supplementation and get the dose right I think vitamin D is important vitamin D is really important for your immune health and I recommend getting your vitamin D levels over over 80 you don't want it to be higher than 100 150 or so Sorry. and you also need to be considering things that are going to help to bring down your inflammation levels um, as far as herbs and so I've said I've said turmeric I do love turmeric um, but you, again you just got to be a little bit careful with it depending on your periods and I also think that good quality um, fish oils can be helpful but same same sort of thing although uh, they do they We've always had this bit of a concern with fish oils is that, you know, they can cause they can cause a blood thinning activity. They, they could cause excessive bleeding. But um, some studies that actually measured the amount of bleeding that you could get with fish oils has shown that it doesn't seem to actually cause that greater quantity. So it's not like, you know, you're going to bleed out or you're going to have like massive amounts of blood loss or anything like that. Anyway. <laughs> So um, activated B vitamins and stay away from synthetic B vitamins and try and also stay away from foods that are fortified with synthetic B vitamins too because um, while not everyone has this MTHFR gene, if that MTHFR gene um, enzyme gets unhappy, regardless of the gene's presence or not, then that's going to cause issues with all of those other factors. So it's going to cause issues with the histamine, the hormones, the antioxidants. So all of those things that we want to work with. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope that you've enjoyed today's episode. Please join me over at the Guts and Girl Bits Instagram page and share any other words of wisdom that you would like to contribute as well. Guts and Girl Bits now has a collection of e-courses that you can view online. The primary course available at the moment is Natural Menopause Support, which provides a whole heap of information on supporting yourself through the major symptoms of menopause and easing through this transition in life. You can find the collection of e-courses at gutsandgirlbits.teachable.com and there you'll also find an e-course of understanding underactive thyroid and coming up soon will be e-courses called The Cyclical Woman navigating the teenage years, children's health, nourishing the mother, and more. If you've enjoyed today, please leave a review and share this episode to help spread the word. Thank you.